Hi everyone, welcome back. This is Terry with Digging Through Dominoes and in this podcast we examine the way the dominoes of our lives were laid out for us, how we can change them for a brighter future. I am not a person that cries often. It's something, one of the only things sometimes it appears in my life I have under control. It's not a good place to be, but it's my place. I try not to show negative emotion to anyone, to the outside world. That only leads to conflict, conflict which brings about things that at times I I don't want to think of. Something happened last night, though, that I thought was very strange. I wanted to let you know about it and a couple of other things. As I said, I don't cry much. For those of you that are watching this on YouTube, I'm not sure if you can see the bruise on my finger right here. It's on my index finger for those of you listening. And it's between my first and second joint. Not my index finger, my middle finger. It's on my first and second, between my first and second joints. I was in the kitchen trying to get something to put a very hot pot on when I turned the wrong way. And I just nailed my finger on the corner of the island. And as I said before, crying is not something I do willingly or easily. That emotion has been locked off from me for the most part since my grandson and my grand, grand, since my grandson and my parents died. Last night was different. It's been pretty stressful for a variety of reasons around here. Reliving situations. I'm also reading or listening to Viola Davis's book that I believe is called Finding Me. Boy, I recommend this book. It's encouraging, it's eye-opening, it's captivating. But she tells of everything that she went through as a child and young adult. And I'm mortified. And I can relate to her on many levels. So that book's been heavy on my mind. And as I said, there have been a lot of things heavy on my mind these last couple of weeks. These last couple of months. When I hit my finger, I mean, it was a square on hit and it dropped me to my knees. Generally, I wouldn't have cried, but the strangest thing happened. I didn't just have one or two tears fall. I I went into a pretty convulsive, all-encompassing, there's a hair on my microphone. What the heck? Pretty all-encompassing sob, body sob. I hit 
the tile floor with my knees, which is hard with the broken leg and the injuries my body has sustained through the years, mainly the last couple of years. But I hit the floor. The pain was so intense. And Jeff was sort of raised his voice and stop crying, stop crying. I've had worse injuries than that. I've been hurt worse than that all my life. Stop crying. Just breathe and calm down. I finally was able to say, please don't yell at me. I'm not yelling at you. And then I think he realized he was yelling at me. I turned the best I could. I got up the best I could. There was a, a bar stool at the end of the island. And I sat on it. I put my hands on the wood of the island and my head in my hands. And I cried. And I cried and I cried. It was really strange. I think it was somewhat close to a panic attack. One that I've never experienced before. Doing this podcast can be very difficult at times because it brings up a lot of what I have gone through. The book that we are in on emotionally absent mothering has hit hard and I've had to take breaks from it. You know, I thought with all my therapy, I had things under control. I don't. I have them locked away. And I realized more of that last night. I sat there and I felt like I was in Back to the Future, in the car, flying through the universe, flying through time. And things were coming after me. It felt like, I guess the best way I can describe it, that there were tunnels shooting off and memories were coming up and hitting me in the face. Memories of being yelled at. Memories of accidents. My throbbing finger. Being on my motorcycle and being afraid because I couldn't see. My grandson dying. My parents dying. Clients that won't pay. The uncertainty of life hit me square in the face. And although I tried to hold it in, I couldn't do it. It just came out and it kept coming out. During dinner, uh, Jeff kind of calmed down and, and was much more pleasant. Although he, he kept trying to do things for me and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like to feel like I can't do something. Whether it's putting dinner on my plate or filling my water bottle up, I don't like that. If I need help in some way, I'll ask for it. Emotional support is something completely different. I shouldn't have to ask for that. I feel that every person should have someone that is emotionally supportive of them and they feel safe 
and going to. I haven't had that luxury, mainly because in the past, I've let too, too many of my problems out. I've looked to too many people to help me to be there. And in so I endanger those relationships. Or there are people that see me in one way through one lens and they see me as one dimensional and not as the multi-dimensional person I am and the layers of dimension I've added since actively working on myself. I don't trust people. You know, I was speaking with an attorney this morning and he apologized for being blunt. And I told him I appreciated that because that's, I knew he wasn't lying to me. I went upstairs and my daughter asked, Mom, what's wrong? She could see mascara was running down my face and makeup was gone and I was pretty much disheveled and she's hurt. She hurt her leg and she's in a boot actually on the same leg that I am on or in. And she said, Mom, you look really sad. What's wrong? She and I have had a somewhat strained relationship, a lot of it to do to her brothers and sisters using her so much. A lot of it is the fact that she was six years old when we got her and she attached more to her father than she did to me. Then there's always she was the easy kid, as was Michael. And they got overlooked a lot of times because of the more difficult children in the family. She was compassionate. She listened to me, and I was monitoring every word. What can I say? If I say the wrong thing, who's it going to get back to? Am I going to only pay for this? My emotion that I have every right to feel down the road in another way. I don't know if I messed up or not. I did confide in her some. And it felt good. You know, usually the people I confide in, I've learned through the years, are just my therapist and my psychiatrist because, as I said, others are just not safe. A friend of over 20 years, I confided in bits and pieces here and there. She's no longer my friend. She saw one part of a very complex complex puzzle and made a decision. She made me one-dimensional, as many people have, and I think as I have myself. Being yelled at by Jeff is nothing new. In his defense, I don't think it's always... I don't think he always realizes he's yelling at me or deflecting what I'm going through. Maybe he's, you know, working on the job site with loud tools and things. Maybe he just instinctively raises his voice. I don't know, but it's not, it's not a good feeling. And last night when I was crying and being told that he's had worse injuries his entire life, when he had no idea my entire life was flashing through me in this bizarre panic attack. I couldn't breathe and I was sobbing what should have been the 
first clue to anyone that knows me that there's a problem. Because I, you see, don't cry. It opens doors I don't want opened. It makes me vulnerable in a world that's too harsh, too judgmental, too unforgiving. I admit I used to be a part of that world. <laughs> you know, in October, I, I skipped over it because it was difficult to speak of, but it was the anniversary, the first anniversary of my son's death. Two people gave me beautiful peace lilies. And I looked at them and realized, oh my gosh, I've kept them alive. And I was so excited. I've kept them alive. And those people that sent them to me mean more to me than I can say. Kind of got off track there, so I guess we'll pick up somewhere else. <laughs> Hopefully I'll know where it is. The world's a hard place, especially for someone that has been through the things I've been through. Starting in my childhood, childhood neglect, getting into bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship. And having to distance myself from those people I know are good for me. Because I feel in some way I'm too damaged for them. I'm trying to make new friends. It's hard. Because I don't trust. When you can't trust the people that you should be able to trust the most. And they're telling you horrible things about yourself. How can you even trust yourself? I was asked a lot of questions today concerning an event. And all of my self-doubt came into play, not on the other parties, not, not because of the other party, but my self-doubt of remembering things, being able to remember things because I've been gaslit for so long by so many people. You know, I pride myself on thinking I can recognize gaslighting in a lot of ways I can recognize gaslighting. You know, with Margo, I knew instantly when she was gaslighting me most of the time. I, I see gaslighting with other people now, and, and I know, but that feeling of being gaslit is always around you if you've experienced it and when you realize that that's what it is and you've been in that period of doubting yourself I think even if you heal you always doubt yourself because someone has always made your world unreliable my parents did it. My husbands did it. Yes, it was plural. My children did it. And in trying to answer questions today, what should have been a very simple task was complex. I feel I let everyone down, although I know I didn't. They don't know the things that haunt me. Some of the times I don't even know the things that haunt me. Sorry, guys, I'm crying like a baby here. Do any of you ever feel lost in this huge world? 
you know, I realized with all the crying last night that came from nowhere. I'm still trying to hold pieces together and present a healed front when everything that has happened to me over the last few years has done everything to destroy any healing I've had. It hasn't done it. I know I'm much more healthy in every way than I was before. But the doubt is what got me. Why do I doubt? Is that the way I'm being questioned? Is it because I've been gaslit for so long? Or would that be gaslighted? I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I guess. If any of you feel that way, drop it in the comments. Let me know. I just, I felt today I really wanted to be transparent. I always want to be transparent because when you're not transparent, that's what happens. I mean, things end up biting you in the butt when you're not truthful and transparent. I wanted you to see me with, if you're watching this video version, with my makeup faded, my hair a mess. I let you know that even though today may have gotten totally turned around, starting with last night and that just, you know, I'm going to talk to my therapist about that because I have never in my life experienced a panic attack like that. I've had them where I, I feel the walls coming in. I have them when I feel I don't know where I am. I have them where I feel lost, disassociated, not knowing where I got, why or where, how I got to a particular place. But that's been a while. But today, it was just, last night, I mean, was so strange. It was like I was in a tunnel going at, at some unbelievable speed. And there were traumas to the left of me, traumas to the right, traumas straight on. And I was seeing them in pictures, not words, like a flash of my baby grandson the flash of his memorial plate that is in my bedroom with his feet print and his name my grandkids faces my parents faces my brother cleaning up the aftermath of my father's death that image will never leave my mind. But it was like a portal had been opened when my finger hit the corner of that island. And, my gosh, you know, things with Margot were hitting me left and right. Things with Jeff were hitting me left and right. People I wish I could trust, but I can't, were there. But it was like, instead of coming at me, they were 
going away from me. It's the most bizarre thing. Some of the things I saw I can't speak of yet. But I could feel them. I felt them. They were with me. And after dinner, probably about six o'clock, I went to bed. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the day anymore. It's been a tough couple of years, three years. It's been a tough life. But much of that I've, you know, kind of worked out. The last three years have been hard, really hard. I think the pandemic did more damage to me than I've had done. I have not been allowed to go to doctors. I can't wear a mask. I've not been allowed to be as active as I want to be. I can't ride my mo- my motorcycle. I'm afraid to drive my car. Being so socially isolated from people too, it has. I've noticed that it has made me want to retreat in ways that I didn't want to before. I am forcing myself to get out to music venues and you know, take photographs of my friends and their bands. It's, you know, it's therapy for me. All the uncertainty around me right now is almost got, it's almost become too difficult to bear. And I don't have anywhere to go. Well, I do. I have my therapist and my psychiatrist, but, you know, with them, there's certain rules you have to adhere to. And many times when I'm in with them, I try to put my show face on. I don't want, I don't want to, it sounds stupid. I know that's what I pay them for, but I don't want to add to their burden. You know, it's, I like to make people smile. I like to be happy. I, I, I like to see that I can lighten someone's day. And in light of all my past mistakes, I think it's even more crucial for me to want to make people smile. I I always wanted to make people smile, make people laugh, give my kids memories, be close to them, take them places, cooking every night or most nights really going all out on Christmas and Thanksgiving. And this Thanksgiving is, you know, it's kind of hard. We're just going to go to a restaurant and there won't be any at home. And that's, that's hard because I know where other people will be. And not being a part of that these days um, with most of them is something I still need to deal with. Some of them I am so glad I am not around. But yeah, there are those that I do miss. I miss a lot. And I think a lot of that is nostalgia. You know, the wonderment of being a child and and all of this magic happening and the laughter. And it's not that this year won't be good. But I feel very um, divided. I feel very, in a way, dissociated. And I think part of that is, you know, I, 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 I have a game face. I have this friend that wanted me, wanted me to pay her, or wanted her, wanted her to pay me for doing photographs and helping her with her social media and learn all of this stuff. And it's like, no, don't pay me. I am not at that place yet where 
just let me give this to you because it's therapy for me. But getting out is important because I can't get out much at all. It's added so much to the feeling of being unworthy. You walk into a doctor's office and you can't wear a mask. And they look at you like you're a leper. Sit over there in the corner. You don't, I don't want you getting anyone sick. Hello? I'm not sick. I have enough. <laughs> Wherewithal to know if I'm sick. I'm not sick. I'm hurt and you need to help me. But the way people have become so calloused and so hard is, is it's hard to, it's hard to deal with. It's very, it's very heartbreaking to see the way people treat each other. I put a post up on Facebook the other day of three photos I shot from a particular corner. And I asked people not to fight. It was in no way a political post. It was the way I see Portland. It's not their reality. This is my reality of the way I see Portland, the way I view Portland. And it's a very accurate reality. Portland is apocalyptic right now. And people are saying, oh, but you've just, just one corner. You've left out this and this. What do you want me to hop around every flipping corner and take a picture of Portland to show you how desolate it is? My gosh. I just don't understand why people feel the need to be so ugly to other people. I don't know what it is. Do you? Why do people just enjoy being mean to someone else that they don't know? My gosh, it was three photos of the way I saw something, and my gosh, did I get attacked. I wasn't asking them to change their viewpoint. I was asking them not to fight with other people. But it really showed me the hearts of others in some very surprising ways. Why did I feel it important to come to you in my current state? <laughs> Once more, I'm saying. Transparency. Seeing someone broken, that at times can be so put together. You know, it makes me wonder, how healed am I? I know I'm healing. I know I'm better than I was. But I'm letting the outside world tell me who I am. That's unacceptable. I'm, and I am still susceptible to it. It puts me right back into child mode many times or trying to survive mode when I should be in the mode of recognizing my achievements, recognizing how far I've come, and to stop allowing others to make me feel I need to take their reality on as my own. I have a trip coming up in May. It's going to be a solo trip abroad. A friend of mine may go with me, and I, I really hope so. That 
I think is going to do wonders for my self-confidence. Finding things, you know, I know I can do things. I know, but I end up doubting myself so much. And then someone will say a triggering word or I hear a triggering tone and it's like meltdown. That's not who I am anymore. Yeah, someplace on the inside, there's still that five-year-old wanting validation. There's still that 30-year-old fighting gaslighting. Heck, I was gaslighted hot and heavy more than ever from 2019 until 2021. Difference being, I recognize that at a point. I did allow some of it, and things just didn't add up, and I recognized that and got out of that situation. And it's one I'm still healing from because that situation actually brought me great healing in certain areas of my life that had not healed. They were still open, open caverns waiting for something to fill them. I need to realize, you need to realize we're enough. If we're living in the past, oh, my finger hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Look at that, oh, puppy, that hurts. If we're living in the past, I think things can happen like happened last night. I mean, it's, there's so much I don't let out. I, you know, I have no one to speak to. I cannot speak to my husband. I can't speak to my children. I won't speak to my children. They don't need to shoulder my journey. They don't need to shoulder my pain. I want them to be able to witness the growth on their own. I think they have. My son's very protective of me. Very protective and very blunt about it. In some areas, it's like, Mom, maybe you're too old to be doing this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if I didn't love you so much, I might slap you right now. I, I just, I'm so appreciative for my children and my life. And, you know, I, I, I see Viola Davis in How to Get Away with Murder. I see her now, I see the part she plays, and how much she drew on her childhood and her personal life for so many of the scenes, so much of the characters in this show. And I think of that little girl with no electricity and no heat that was bullied and made fun of. And look where she is now. People like that give me hope. You know, I was going to say I don't really have anyone in my life that I really want to emulate, that I want to be like. But I do. There are a couple of people I would love to be like. And I think I, but my fear is always in am I being true to myself? Or am I trying to pull off a facade, which I don't want? I'm trying to take those cloaks off. But when I do take some of those cloaks off, they're stuck. 
And it can be very painful, completely removing them. I really hope that some of you can find value in the things that I share, especially when it's off the cuff like this. You know, in going through that book, The Emotionally Absent Mother, there were times I had to just hang it up. Things hit me, you know, like I said, I thought I'd work through, but when you read them and when you're questioned about it, it hits you in a different way. When you have to ask, answer questions that someone else has formulated and you're thrown off because you've been gaslit all your life or you're made to think of something really hard and you're trying to get it right and your mind just can't remember. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. We only have so much room in our minds for memories. Sometimes I think the bad memories are good to keep alive. They remind us how far we've come. But we can't let them control us in how far we can go. They need to be able to boost us and not hinder us. But for that to happen, we have to recognize them and allow it to happen. We have to allow the growth like I see in the peace lilies. What a wonderful name. You know, I looked at them and the people, like I said, the people that gave them to me, one was anonymous at first and then came forward, are people that mean so much to me. And I connect them with my son. And when I look at them, I see love. They loved me. They loved my son. They loved and understood my pain and my mourning. Not only the death of my son, but a city and a system that let him down and allowed that to happen. And I'm normally not one that's good with plants. Somehow I've kept them alive and to look at them brings me peace and they make me smile because I know at, at least one moment in time someone was thinking about the way I must have felt and that's not something that happens often I, I'm seeing it with my son a lot of times although he's much more quiet and he's he recognizes and I think he he realizes the past and the mistakes I made, the mistakes the family made, the, the mistakes that led us to where we are now. And he realizes I did my best. And I think my daughter's coming to realize that much more every day. I think one of my greatest fears that was brought up when I hit my finger last night and I had that panic attack was the fear of breaking again and losing ground. Okay, so let's analyze this. I broke. I lost everything in my life, it seemed. I lost relationships, but were those relationships good for me? Some of them were very good for me. Some of them were very toxic for me. Some of them were not of their choosing and they are being used, the ones 
I see as being taken captive and used as pawns to hurt me. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that comment. And it's, it's a sad, it's a sad commentary on the motives of people. What motivates someone? You know, whenever someone says, well, they're envious of you. What are you envious for? I'm a person. I've gone through tremendous struggles, tremendous pains, tremendous triumphs. But I think part of me really is afraid I'm going to break again. And you know, if we analyze that, what is going to happen if I break again? I know the path back. If I break again, I mean, there are some things that now that I know will never happen again, that I can see them clearly. But that fear is there that I broke and I shoulder it, even though I realize in many ways I was pushed and many things influenced what happened. But I need to look at the strength I've gained the lessons I've learned, how I've changed my life, and how others that I see that were in that era with me haven't moved forward. They haven't progressed. No matter what our relationship is now, that makes me sad for them. It reminds me of where I was. And it's especially difficult with people I see telling me I'm no good, I'm a bad person, they're afraid of getting involved with me because it might hurt them. I feel bad for them. Some of them, I think, I know their lives, I know their struggles, I know things they've gone through, I know, I know them. Maybe they don't want me to know that. Maybe they don't want me to chance letting their secrets out. I'm not going to let their secrets out. I just feel bad for them. How they must be hurting to feel they have to hurt another person. Do you guys... My phone keeps blowing up. Don't they know I'm in the middle of work? Don't they realize what they're doing is only hurting themselves? And their children. It's only hurting themselves because right now they're not hurting me. In in the beginning they did, but I got to the place where, Terry, do you really want that in your life? And I, you know, it was interesting. I was thinking about Thanksgiving and I thought of how it used to be and part of the nostalgia came back and then I thought, but do you really want that in your life again until these people have healed no my life is calm my life is boring my life is simple unless it's in my mind and I'm trying to I get to that place where I'm too afraid to move forward because what if you know there's so much happening right now that I'm under so much pressure with work, with clients, with my injuries, with my leg being broken, with my daughter being hurt, with worrying about my son, which he's doing great. 
I'm getting ready to embark on, I guess on the 28th, they leave here for Washington, D.C. to attend and pay respects to or at, I attend my uncle's services at Washington or at um, Arlington National Cemetery in Arlington, Virginia. Pay my respects to him and attend his service. And in that, I'll be reunited with family that I have not seen in years. And I am so excited for that. And that I'll be gone about a week. And that alone, to be able to explore Washington, D.C., I need to keep that in the forefront of my mind. That's another point of growth for me. I'm not running away from anything. I'm running to something. I'm embracing that time to work on myself, to reunite with my aunt and my cousins, to be able to say final goodbyes to my uncle who fought so hard for this country. And see things that I would never before be allowed to see. And then I look forward to traveling abroad this spring. It's a bucket list destination for my birthday. My birthdays historically have been horrible. Absolutely horrible, filled with drama and trauma. My birthday, Mother's Day. I really can't think of one good one. And that's selfish. And I think a lot of that comes from a child that who's was not celebrated by their parent. So I, I understand that. And I understand not everyone sees my important days as importantly as I see them. And I realize I don't see things that, is, that are important to other people the way they see them. That's something I need to work on. I can't control what anyone else sees, thinks, does, or feels. I can only control what I see, think, feel, and the way in which I react. It's a scary world, guys. So I guess my main message in this would be, I look at my life now and how far I am from when I broke. I'm a completely different person. I have learned and grown so much. It is unbelievable. I've become a person I never thought I could become. We all have setbacks. We all have a day or two, sometimes the longer, where something creeps in and makes us feel inadequate, and it's the way we respond to it. I think... I need to grieve certain aspects of the way I responded yesterday and today. And I need to, if those things are stuck in me, I need to relive them. I need to let them out. I need to look at them. I didn't know they were stuck in me and I don't want to explode again. Even though I know I won't spiral as I did before. I don't have as much to lose as I did before. Because my mentality on what I have has greatly changed. I have myself. I never had myself before. You have yourself. Look in there. How far have you grown? 
you're like some of you people that are commenting and, and emailing me have grown so far because you're noticing things. And I'm here to tell you, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I guess this is just a great big old therapy session for us all. And on that note, I have another therapy, therapy, yeah, I went to school therapy. (laughs) I have another therapy session coming up in seven minutes. There's going to be more crying in that one. So thank you, everyone, each and every one of you. Thank you. I wish you a wonderful, wonderful, warm, happy Thanksgiving. And I will talk to you soon. Be safe, everyone. Have your own back. You've got this.